Welcome back to Diamond Niners Weekly. It's Thursday night, and once again, we are talking Charlotte 49ers baseball live from the haze. This is Nick. I'm joined, as always, by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? And microphoneless producer Brad's in the back, making it all happen. All right, folks, got a big show for you tonight. Um, as a reminder, before we get started here, we love it when you guys interact. So jump in the chat on YouTube, hit us up on Twitter, whatever works for you. Questions, comments, feel free to chime in. Heck, we even do shout-outs if you're just out there and want to be mentioned on YouTube once in your life. Let's do it. Let's make tonight the night. All right. A few reminders before we get in here, Kevin. Uh, I know we've been pumping this stuff out on Twitter, the ADS as well, but uh, tickets for the Uptown game are on sale through the night. So uh, you've already got your tickets, don't you, Kevin? Right, yeah, There's for both of the games. Um, they announced today that uh, the Atlanta Braves are bringing their World Series trophy for our Friday night game versus App State. So, so you can get your picture made with the World Series trophy. Yes, yeah. You're going to distract them while we, <laughs> me and Brad, will run off with it, or what? I think they got some good eyes on it. Yeah, they probably have some pretty good security around that. All right, cool. So check that out. Atrium Health Ballpark versus Campbell. Uh, that'll be a big game. Seems like Campbell got a pretty big win last night, if you were uh, monitoring the scoreboards well. So that'll be a big uh, midweek matchup. Uh, pre-sale is uh, already underway, and you can get those from the Cannonballers. Season tickets, you can still purchase those. Single-game tickets, 10-game flex packs, 704-687-4949 is the ticket office. Seems like I say that a few times every show. Yeah. Or charlotte49ers.com, right? So... Get in there, get tickets, got a homestand starting tomorrow. And, heck, I think we're at home between now and, like, seems like it's almost the end of March. Huge 18, 19-game homestand. So, great weather this weekend, by the way, folks. 71 degrees and sunny. So, get on out here. Uh, always, As always, want to mention the Grand Slam Club. Um, provides great support for the program. You can get more information about that at charlotte49ers.com as well. Simple, folks. Donate funds. Get gear, support student athletes. It's a win-win for everybody. Is that about sum it up, Kevin? Yep. Your donation helps the Niners get to uh, towards Omaha. So, yeah, important stuff. Uh, now, finally, final reminder here: uh, we had our first um, Saturdays at the Hayes tailgate last uh, uh, last Saturday. A um, couple shout-outs here uh, to the athletic department, uh, all our campus partners that helped make this happen. We've been trying to get some tailgate action going on here on campus for baseball for what, Kevin? And it's, it's been a long time, over a decade. We've been working on this deal. Um, and the last Saturday was first Saturdays of the Hayes tailgate. We had a great crowd out. We, yes, if the game got moved to noon, and you, we can start four hours before first pitch. So noon meant an eight o'clock tailgate. Were we out here at eight o'clock? In 34-degree weather, setting up a tailgate? Yep. Yeah, yeah we sure were. I, I I think we beat – we were beating players here, right? I mean, yeah, we, I saw you guys setting up. <laughs> we were beating players here. So, anyway, don't worry about that cold because that's not what's happening this Saturday. It's going to be 71 degrees and sunny, and we should, with a first pitch at 3 o'clock, we should be starting at 11 a.m. for tailgate. So, join us right out here in the gold lot or lot 23 right out in front of the haze. Um Look for all the flags flying. We'll be somewhere near there. Yep. Park park in the deck if you have to and walk over. And um, We got coolers. We got grills. Just swing on by and say hello. Yeah, they should also have some parking spots available, which um, Grand Slam Club members, parents, and season ticket holders all got an email with a link to, to purchase a, a parking pass. You can buy them by the game or for the season. 
So uh, check that out. If you haven't seen it yet, go check your email. Uh, you should have something there. Um, it's going to be a fun time, especially with the weather warming up. So, yeah. all right. I think that's all our reminders for this week. <laughs> let's jump right in here. Let's let's get to the let, let's get to the fun stuff. So we've been working to bring you guys and the, the the staff and the players have been so great about working with us to get uh, get players on. You got to hear from uh, from Nate Furman two weeks ago. You got to hear from Austin Knight last week, and we're continuing that this week with uh, with sophomore left hand pitcher Spencer Geesting, straight out of Hamilton, Ohio. How's yes, sir. Spence? I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Man, this is great. We're excited about having you here. Now, folks at home, I, I, we, we did you a favor because a couple weeks ago, a lot, of the, a lot of great conversation happened between Kevin and Nate before we could even get on air. But this week, they were starting to go down that road, and I just I just stopped them. I, I pulled you back, didn't I, Kevin? Pause us a little bit, but <laughs> we, we still talked. Don't, don't, don't waste this stuff, but Kevin, Kevin still got his shots in. So, Spencer, this is the first time we've had a chance to, to have you on. Um, Obviously, you're off to a great start this season, uh, doing some impressive things. But we want to kind of go back and, and start in the little bit in your past and work our way forward to, to this year. So I guess we'll start being um, being out of uh, out of Baden High School in Hamilton. Uh, you played for uh, for uh, former 49er Brian Treadway. Um, we we we're not going to ask you for an embarrassing Brian Treadway story, but talk a little bit about what it was like to uh, about to play for Brian. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. Um, you know, making the decision to go to uh, Baden instead of uh, the public school I was kind of supposed to was definitely, you know, looking back, a really big decision. Uh, I played a major role and just the person I am as well as the player. Um, and then on top of it, having the connection here at Charlotte uh, was huge and allowed me to get down here and help the 49ers win, win some ball games. Well, you're definitely doing that. Um, and and we'll 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 talk more about that here momentarily. Um, one thing we've we've talked to uh, the guys about is is just sort of how and and obviously I think we're transitioning here with with uh, playing for Brian. How Charlotte got on your radar and how that recruitment process went and um, you know what what was it like when you first heard from the 49ers? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think it was probably around my sophomore year, or at least the fall of my sophomore year, is kind of when I first kind of heard from him. And uh, Coach Treadway had always talked about Charlotte and um, how great of a place it was and things like that, but never really crossed my mind that I might end up there. And uh, obviously TJ Nicktine as well playing here. And so, you know, I knew that there was a connection there, but I didn't really think anything of it at first. And then once I kind of heard from – uh, Bo and the old staff um, that was here before, you know, I kind of was like, oh, maybe, maybe it is definitely a place I want to take a look at. And I uh, came down on a visit with actually one of my teammates um, at the time in the fall, uh, I guess, of my junior year. And then they saw me pitch in the fall that year as well. And uh, so, uh, Coach Doty came down and watched me pitch in the spring and, um, you know, got another call from him and asked if I wanted to come on campus again. And, you know, that's about it. You know, I think uh, you come on this campus and uh, kind of fall in love with it. It's just gorgeous. He, you know, he did visit in the fall, didn't he, Kevin? It was it was a football game yeah. because we we uh, we we sort of inadvertently bumped into you. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm I, the statute of limitations is probably up. I don't think we're 
we're ha- we're uh, we're committing any, any NCAA violations. Here. We were we were saying hello to the coaching staff. Brad, Brad flagged flagged this tape. Yeah, Brad, <laughs> you may need to delete this later, but but we were saying hello to the coaching staff, and and you and your mom were were down. I remember that we, we yep. got a chance to uh, to say hello. Um, and that and let's face, it, that's probably why you came to Charlotte. <laughs> definitely. definitely. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned TJ, uh, and we've had TJ on the show. I don't know how many times. He was our very first guest. He was our very – TJ was our very <laughs> wow. first guest. Call in, call in, yes. He called in on the phone one night, and we had him on. Was he at spring training, maybe? Uh, he, had just, uh, he had just gone north after spring training. Yeah, so we, we had TJ on. Uh, we won't ask for any any TJ uh, – embarrassing TJ stories because we could probably tell our own, but we're, we're just – we're not going to get into that. But um, how much did you two cross paths? Uh, not too much. Um, definitely early on in high school, he'd come back. Um, a little bit, take BP and things like that. I actually ran into his dad a, a good amount. Um, you know, he's around the high school program and around the Hamilton area as well. He plays, you know, a huge factor in a lot of kids' development early mm-hmm. on. And so ran into him probably a little bit more than TJ. Um, and then we had our alumni game senior year, uh, seniors versus alumni, and got to throw against him. So that was cool. What was the result? Yeah, I mean, like, um, I'm looking like we're we're, so, we're gonna we're gonna go. Yeah, the story I, keeps going, doesn't I, it? I, yeah, I got him to ground out the third. Uh, he might say it was a hit, but our third baseman kind of booted it. So okay, he yeah. got he got on, but I got him to ground out the, the third. third right. well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're scoring that in error. Oh, I yeah, I am 100. <laughs> <laughs> percent Kevin, I don't know. Maybe we'll reach out to TJ and get a rebuttal. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll leave it at that, man. <laughs> we'll call it an error. Um, <laughs> Spencer, uh, last year he had a great freshman season, true freshman. Um, you were actually the first pitcher out of the bullpen in the first, very first game. Uh, tell us about that, uh, getting your first first college action in the very first game. It's kind of odd there weren't any fans in the stands. I think Nick and I were standing over there behind the, the fence watching. But tell us about your first um, your first appearance as a freshman your freshman year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was kind of something I wasn't really expecting, I guess. I uh, knew I'd throw through a good amount in the preseason, but you know, I wasn't really expecting to hear my name called right away. Um, obviously, Bryce had thrown great, and uh, or I guess that was Lindsey. Lindsey threw great and got us out to a lead. And um, you know, hearing my name called was awesome. And then. You don't really realize how much adrenaline you have until you get out there. And, you know, even without fans in the stands, still had a ton of adrenaline and, you know, got a, got a fastball up to 94, which before then had never thrown above 92. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, but I think, uh, I think every time I throw here is, is really awesome. You know, throwing for this coaching staff for the program is, is awesome. Yeah. And you had a, a great journey through your freshman year. You, you were mostly active out of the bullpen throughout most of the season, and towards the tail end, you uh, kind of got groomed into that starting role. Um, talk about that, uh, the difference between preparing to come in as a reliever and uh, against preparing to start a game uh, for the Niners. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something you don't really realize is too different unless, you know, you're a real baseball guy. Um, but it's it's definitely a little bit of a transition. Um, just It's more about the week, I guess, going up to it. Uh, preparing you have the whole week to prepare um you know you're not throwing in a midweek game you're not throwing on sunday and then throwing on friday um you know you got seven days or six days to prepare for the next start and um you know you kind of have to feel that out you know how much throwing should i do this day if should i lift this day things like that so definitely takes a little while and i think last year having a couple of starts definitely 
groomed me for for this year. Right. As long as when you were a reliever, um, going into a four game weekend, you may be getting called twice during the weekend. Yeah. Um, so you gotta always always be alert, uh, be Definitely. ready to go. So especially if you go on a Friday. And you got to come back. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely something I had never done before. Um, obviously, a lot of pitchers who come play Division One baseball, you know, you're probably a starter at your high school, um, at least your senior year. And um, so I'd never really been out of the bullpen too much or at least multiple times in a weekend. So that was definitely something different as well. But, you know, once you kind of get comfortable with how your arm feels and, uh, you know, making sure that your body feels good as well, you kind of – just like, all right, sweet, I get to pitch twice this weekend. It's, it's. I think, more of a positive than, than a negative for sure. Yeah, you don't have to wait a whole week. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. They're, they're a good amount. So uh, coming off of that that freshman season, just kind of transitioned forward a little bit, um, you got to go spend some time at the Cape uh, this summer. Um, I, I, it's on my bucket list to get up there. Still have not. Um but that's, you know, talk about that experience. Everybody just raves about, you know, yeah. getting to go up there and, and hang out and, and the, just, you know, all aspects of it. Yeah, definitely. It was awesome. Um, from my host family to the team to the guys I met, I mean, to the other team, uh, you know, the, the opponents you get to play. And, you know, I think that really my host family kind of made it uh, a really great experience, obviously, on top of the team and, you know, just playing with some really, really good baseball players. Um, it's it's more of a learning experience as well because you, you just get to watch some really good pitchers, some really good uh, position players, you know, get better at their craft, perfect their craft. And, um, and on top of the fact, just living with, you know, somebody you've never met before for – Two, one to two months depending on how long you're there is is just amazing and then playing every day you know I think that's uh something a lot of people don't realize how uh grueling that can be but you know when when you're around some really good baseball players it's really fun it's got to be um I mean it's definitely a, a different experience but also you know um you're you're kind of away from the summer right and I'm, I'm imagining you weren't doing any any summer academic work online or anything so you're just playing baseball yeah i mean that's got to be oh yeah it's definitely it's definitely a transition there too um you know it felt like you were back in summer ball you know when you're 16 17 years old and uh you know meeting new guys guys would come in every week and um yeah i mean that's it it's definitely you guys definitely gotta get up there watch a couple games because it's the crowd the, the atmosphere it's it's amazing yeah, about the closest I've come is to watching that movie, uh, what, Summer Catch. They, is that right? I yeah, think that's what it's called. It's yeah, I show it on MLB Network. All the time. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> well, summer plans? Uh, not sure yet. Uh, I actually talked to um, Coach Angler, uh, my coach up in the Cape, and uh, we're kind of going to decide just based on how much how many innings I throw this year okay. and things like that. But he definitely said he'd be happy to have me back. So, it'd be awesome to go back there again. I'm sure he would, but we got stuff going on here first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned uh, working with this coaching staff here. Um, talk about the development uh, you had from the time you stepped foot on campus to to now. I guess uh, you missed out on your senior season pitching. You came here in the fall. It was your first time in competitive atmosphere in a long time. Talk about your development from, from day one to – leading up to year two. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, a lot of people kind of, you know, dwell on missing that season and stuff. And, yeah, it, it really sucks, you know, 
my high school had a really good squad. You know, we thought we were going to do something special. And um, and then, you know, kind of it was almost like you got to move on a little bit quicker in terms of baseball at least. Um, you know, just like for the guys that were playing college baseball, it was like, all right, time to, you know, get groomed to be a college baseball player. Um, kind of learn the, the ropes of that. And going to P3 that summer was – probably the biggest or the easiest way to do that I guess um you know and then having players uh part of the program last year that were there that summer and getting to know those guys and getting to watch them and how they train how they develop uh to be you know better pitchers on a daily basis is definitely something I feel like you know allow me to come into the fall already maybe one step ahead of what I would have been um, so I definitely think that was huge, and then obviously getting on campus here, um, you know, we have we have the facilities, we have the development tools um, to to make everybody better, and uh, it's just about how you use them. And I think watching those guys that summer, and then obviously in the fall, helped a ton. So w- with with that, and and talking about the development, and everything, and, and your um, you started off this year uh, working out of the bullpen a little bit, and then uh, in the first weekend, and then last weekend, you're right out there uh, on the front end. So, um, I mean, that's you, you you've shifted over your focus, right? You're Definitely. you're in you're in starter mode now. Mm-hmm. You're ready to, you know, you know, it, it, it's a different mindset like for you said sure. before, and you're ready to lock down on that, right? Yeah, for sure. I think. I think the biggest, you know, there's definitely a few guys I watched last year early in the fall and then obviously in the spring as well to kind of, you know, or just pick their brain kind of about what they do on a daily basis. But, you know, you got to go back to Bryce McGowan and figure out how that guy throws so hard. But, uh, you know, figure out how he does his thing every day. And um, obviously he made huge strides being here for three years. And so, you know, I think after talking with him and, you know, Coach Wood or Coach Miney, you know, I think – I'm I'm where I need to be as far as being a starting pitcher, and I definitely think that that allows me to help to help the team win win a lot of ball games this year, for sure. So as a just just in general baseball, you you've mentioned several times you're looking at different guys and and gotten to see some great pitchers. Um, when when you look at um, when when you look at like Major League Baseball, what who, who do you kind of model your game after? Do you look at certain guys? Um, I wouldn't say anybody, like, really in particular. Um, I definitely have, like, a group of guys. Like, you know, Walker Bueller has great stuff. Um, I feel like at any point you could say I just want to throw hard or I want to throw hard like this guy. Uh, I want my fastball to be like this guy. But definitely think Walker Bueller's one of those uh, that's up there, you know, big-time pitch mix with everything in the zone, everything out of the zone, you know. Just, you know, I would say him and – I mean, maybe like a Josh Hader type of fastball, um, you know, just just explosive stuff, electric type stuff. Okay, so we're gonna, we, as always, we're gonna let these uh, we like to get these young men off to uh, their academic responsibilities. Um, did, did you have one? I got one, like a little off the wall. <laughs> one question. little off the wall. Get your off the wall <laughs> no, no, question. Um, we're gonna talk about class, and then we're gonna get Spencer off to do his homework. Uh, no, you play basketball in high school. Give me your uh, – if you had a three-on-three tournament, what teammates are you picking to go with uh, for taking on a three-on-three tournament? Off um, the current team? Current team. Okay. I haven't or, seen or everybody staff. play. Um, or coaching staff. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've seen a good amount of guys play. Uh, Hale Sims is definitely one for sure. He'd be a big man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hale can, Hale can play. Um, Just get it to Hale in the post. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure. I've heard really good things about Will Lancaster, Matt Brooks. I've, I've heard is good. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd probably go with one of those two guys. Um, haven't really, I guess, thought about it too much, but definitely Hale Sims. Hale Sims is a, is a monster. I play with him all the time at P3 um, that summer. So if you had a two-on-two, it'd be you, you and Hale. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, we were actually talking about it today. I was talking <laughs> to him. I was like, man, we probably shouldn't go play basketball today, but today would be a nice day to go play basketball outside. <laughs> yeah. Definitely wouldn't do that today. No. no. I'm thinking Matt's like a – Matt's got to be like a point guard, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said he, he said he can shoot a little bit, dribble a little bit, so definitely could see that. So are you the are you the shooter in that group? Yeah, I, I can shoot a little bit. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not great, but I can shoot a little bit. Got a little bit of athleticism in me. So Matt's a floor general. And yeah, Hale's kind of the pounder. Then you're. Yeah. He's kicking I'll try and, and score. Yeah, I'll try and score. And score yeah. All right, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I can see it already. Three on three tournament coming. Uh, Don't. I'm not signing. We are not signing up. We'll organize it. We're not signing up for it. All right. So one more thing before we let you go. We always let you guys talk a little bit about your your academic pursuits, and you are a finance major, uh, which was was my first major at um, at UNC Charlotte. Um, So what, regardless of when baseball winds down for you, no matter what age you are, what's Spencer Geesting thinking about doing after baseball? Um, I haven't put too much thought to it, uh, which I guess is probably not a good thing. but I definitely have a couple connections, I guess, in, in the finance world uh, per se. But, um, you know, I, I want to be around the game as long as I can. Whether or not I use that finance degree, I guess, is is to be seen. But definitely uh, want to stay around the game as long as I can, whether that's coaching, training, anything like that. Well, there's definitely – baseball and money definitely go hand in hand and, and uh, you know – well, sometimes they can't even decide what to do with it, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> if we're paying yeah. attention to to news yep. stories lately. All right, Spencer. Well, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, we're going to let you go get uh, get your homework knocked out so that uh, so that you can can uh, hit the mound tomorrow afternoon. Yes, sir. Um, great young guy here. Um, appreciate him stopping by and uh, come see him pitch tomorrow, four o'clock. If you can get out to the haze. Uh, four o'clock tomorrow afternoon. You see him. He won't be hard to spot. He'll be up on the mound. <laughs> so, <laughs> good luck to you, and uh, thanks for coming by, folks. We're gonna uh, we're gonna kind of uh, put you on on mute here for a minute while we switch out. We've got uh, a couple coaches coming in here to spend some time with us next. So uh, we'll be right back. All right, folks. Uh, thanks for those words from our sponsors. Okay, we don't, we don't have sponsors, but appreciate your patience there. We had to make do a little equipment change, bring some chairs in, uh, and, and get set up here. So this is big time. Uh, two coaches at one time. We're introducing y'all to uh, pitching coach Austin Miney and director of hitting uh, Phil Sebihar. What's up, fellas? How's everybody doing? Man, it's good to be on. It's good to see you guys today. Yeah, good seeing you guys. So this this is like a this has got to be a bucket list kind of thing, right? Absolutely, checking bucket list off right away. This is uh, <laughs> this is good start of the season. Get on here, absolutely. Well, you know, actually, when when we was talking to uh, to Woody about having y'all on today, um, he's like, "Oh yeah, let's have this guys." And you know, I said, "Are you, are you trying to say that it takes two of them to to replace what you do?" And, <laughs> you know, he never really answered, but I don't know. It's it's all right. Good to have you guys on here. Um, for those who don't know. Um, Phil is assistant coach and hitting coordinator 
uh, from Fayetteville, Arkansas, came to Charlotte after uh, serving as a grad assistant at Arkansas, which I believe included a trip to, um, oh, where is it? Um, oh, yeah, Omaha. That's right, 2019. What a great team that was. It was a, it was a fun experience with those guys. So we, we, maybe, yeah, maybe we can we can get some Omaha insight from you. Uh, we've also got pitching coach Austin Miney, previously director of pitching performance and biomechanics at Premier Pitching and Performance in St. Louis, which if uh, you're with us just now, you heard about Spencer Giesing talking about an awesome time he had at P3, which is where I believe they all the guys met you, correct? That is correct. That's the story. Uh, you know, I was fortunate to, to link up with Coach Woodard when he was hired back in the summer of 2019. Um, back then, I was working at P3. Um, we had just started our collegiate partnership program, and uh, man, it's a cool story. It's a cool story, and I mean, blessed to be here 100. percent But uh, you know, it was good. I got. I mean, it was a pretty unique situation because I got to meet all the guys, meet all the coaches through working with them at P3, and then you know, had the opportunity to jump on ship here at Charlotte. So it's been a great ride. And they, um, I, I believe you. This was during during the 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 era of the Zoom call. Um, I believe you were announced uh, as it was kind of a surprise, right? Yep, yep, sure was. Uh, man, the era of Zoom calls, I mean, that was a fun time, but uh, <laughs> it's a fun time. But glad. Try doing this show via Zoom. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, you know, the personal connections are so much better. But yeah, that first team announcement was pretty cool. Um, you know, got to like to jump on the call with all the guys, and I'm pretty sure we screen recorded it, and that's a you know, like a video that was like I will always uh, you know be pretty special to me. So it was cool. It's a cool moment. All right. So did you uh, did you did you think you were going into college coaching? Was that was that the was that the goal, or did that just kind of was that an opportunity that presented itself? Did you, or I mean, obviously you were sort of living a baseball life, right? That was your focus. But mm-hmm. was this was this an avenue that you had considered before this? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know most players, you know, they like they start off in the game and they have one or two dreams. It's you know like to either play in the big leagues or you know to like to help guys get there and you know coach guys along the way. And you know, for me, I was a you know not not a very talented right-handed pitcher, so um, I had to learn everything I could to you know squeeze every bit of juice out of my personal career and um, you know learned a whole bunch along the way and you know found a lot of. You know, uh, you know, value and and you know, sharing my information with others. So, you know, I mean, that's I mean, that's how coaching started, and um, you know, it was just awesome to get my feet wet at P three, and then you know, jump on here. Well, I'm definitely not going to judge your your throwing ability because you saw me you, you saw me throw <laughs> last Friday, right? And yeah, so anyway, we don't even want to discuss that anymore. <laughs> Ke- Kevin did all right though, didn't he? Yeah, that was a good strike. Yeah. Goal, yeah. The goal was to hit leather, right? Yeah. We, Yes, we hit leather, and that's that's all that counts. And I saw a picture of us where we actually looked like we knew what we were doing a little bit. <laughs> they said the track man doesn't pick up data if it's below thirty five miles an hour. <laughs> so. Is that is that true? Track man doesn't pick up below thirty five, so that's why there was no data on us. <laughs> Pretty sure we had it in pregame mode then, um, you know. But <laughs> it's all good. We'll get you guys on a plyo program here in no time. You know, we'll get you in the mocap day next fall. That could be a. I mean, that could be fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll actually throw off the mound next next time. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll so, back those first pitches up to 60 foot, 6 inches yeah, next yeah. time. <laughs> For those who don't know what we're rambling on about here, Kev, Kevin and I were, were honored enough, we were fortunate enough to, to throw out the first pitch uh, here opening day at the Hayes um, uh, last weekend. And, um, and I, I you know, we hit leather. 
That's right. In fact, Coach Monty stopped by beforehand and said, um, "Hey, would you like a would you like to work out with Pablo Ball?" And I said, uh, "Yes." About twenty years ago, <laughs> it's it's too late, but you know, whatever we did, it was a cool deal. Um, all right, so Phil, so kind of similar question. What was what was your what was your pathway into into coaching? How, how did you? I mean, was that? I know. Uh, similar deal you have a playing career and you're kind of thinking i want to stay involved in baseball but what was what was your thought process yeah kind of the same as coach Monty. you know not a very good right-handed hitter um right-handed hitter that can't really play defense so there's really not a bunch of playing time for that guy um so you know i spent a lot of my time actually coaching first base my last year of college and it kind of like pushed the envelope forward to get into coaching um you know i had a great college experience at arkansas fort smith which led me to the university of arkansas at fayetteville um, where i spent you know couple of years being a GA and being around some good guys and learning from some really good coaches along the way. And, you know, I think early on in my college career, I knew I wanted to coach. So it was an opportunity I had to jump on and, you know, try to take his, uh, take full advantage of it while I was there. Kevin, I knew that, that, that me and Seb had a, had a connection here and I just figured out what it is. Right-handed hitter, not very good at that, not very good at defense. That's me. That's, <laughs> that's my baseball story, Kevin. We can all relate. <laughs> <laughs> some more than others. But. Yeah, that's right. Well, at um, least you guys got to hit because, you know, when you're pretty light in the stick, you get pushed to being a pitcher. So, I mean, you guys got that over me. <laughs> at least. least we got to take BP. That, that is a good point. That's you true. get to take BP every day. So. That's apparently like a big deal, right? Because when at the at, um, at the first pitch dinner – um, it was uh, it was Mr. Knight was bidding on time in the in the hitting facility or taking BP and he said he was going to give it to the pitchers and they all went crazy. <laughs> I mean they're just not allowed to. I guess they just don't have time and focus to do that. They got a lot of other things to work on, right? <laughs> I I don't know. You ask him. He's the pitching coach. Look, <laughs> <laughs> only allowed a certain amount of hours, right? That's right. That's right. Certain I mean, certain amount of hours. You know, focus practice, but you know maybe. I mean, I'll go on the record and say, you know, put up some shutouts, pitchers, beeps, not out of the question. Not out of the question. You know, it's a little incentive we keep for them. So, I mean, we throw it well, pitchers, beeps are on the table. Hale's a big lefty, I know, so I'd like to see him hit the ball. Hale can hit some nukes. I've seen him play golf. He he smoked the ball on the golf course. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Coach Phil, I want to ask a question about um, uh, you were coached down in the Dominican Summer League Mm -hmm. with the – Cleveland organization. Uh, talk a little bit about it, that experience you had um, as a, a professional coach. Yeah, that was a great experience for me. I got the opportunity to go down um, to the DSL the summer of 2019 and spend spend basically a year with with the Cleveland Indians, now Cleveland Guardians. Um, and that experience was great. You know, it was a uh, it was a learning experience for me. Um, you know, the the communication aspect was something to to cross over. But uh, you know, it's a it's a league that's full of young young talented kids, 15, 16, 17 year olds um, that are learning how to play the game of baseball still. Um, so it was a very very impactful summer for me, learning how to communicate well, uh, learning how to instill a philosophy, and get these younger kids to mold what the organization eventually wanted. And that was you know uh, organization that was very prideful about swing decisions um and so it was it was a very um you know laying the groundwork of how to develop zone awareness um strikes on discipline and finding a way to work counts um and so it was great you know i still talk to some of those kids down there and some of them are actually playing in kannapolis um here in you know every other month or so so i got to see some of them in august which was really cool for me to go up there and see them pretty neat yeah that that whole that whole setup down there right i mean that's that's like a 
that's like a, a baseball nirvana, right? It's, it's I mean, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, you can, you know, there's a couple teams that are in San Pedro, which is about, you know, an hour from uh, Santo Domingo, the capital, but most of the teams are pretty much outside of the cap capital Santo Domingo. So you're five minutes away from the Cincinnati Reds, you know, complex, the Baltimore Orioles complex and so on. So you can, you know, any baseball fan, I think should go spend, you know, a week down in the Dominican and go see baseball to those complexes. Cause it's, it's probably the rawest and um, rawest, but also kind of the, a very, very cool brand of baseball that you'll see down there. So we need to add that to the bucket list <laughs> right after we have been to the Cape yet. We told Spencer that we haven't been to the Cape and we need to go to DSL too. So we'll I'll speak a little bit of Spanish, so do you? A little bit, yeah. Un petito. There uh, you go. You're hired. You're my there translator. You go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh Coach Miney, um, so when you made the transition, you you spent a summer working with uh with our guys, a number of our guys, um, before you uh you came on full time here. So talk a little bit about what um what you tried to specifically bring from from your P3 experience to as far as pitcher development here at Charlotte. What what'd you kind of put in the suitcase and bring with you? Yeah, I mean that's a great question. Um, you know, you know, at P3 and and you know, being able to be in the private sector and being able to be, you know, in that realm of development. I mean, that's what you do all day. Um, you know, so you you develop a pretty good tool belt as a coach. Um, one, learning how to, you know, communicate technology, um, how to, you know, look at each individual pitcher, you know, as their own self. Um, learn what makes them tick. Learn how they move, um, and really like take an individualized approach to each guy. Um, you know, like you really bring that with you, and like you learn how to communicate that within a multitude of different ways. So, um, you know, as far as the transition. Um, I mean, definitely keep my roots in terms of, you know, what I had had learned and practiced at P3. And that was, um, you know, taking a pretty holistic approach to like to player development and pitching development. So, um, you know, I will say that, you know, what's possible in terms of pitching development is, well, it's not possible without, you know, um, a coordinated approach with Eric McKibben, um, our, our director of, uh, of human performance here. And uh, so, so really, I mean, you know, being able to coordinate, um, you know, one, when guys are throwing with how much they're lifting, um, I, mean that, I, mean that, I mean, that's a huge piece of development. Um, and it's one that's pretty overlooked sometimes, too, where, you know, managing arm health and managing, um, you know, fatigue throughout the course of a season and, you know, being able to put all those pieces together in like a plan that, you know, spans from, from when players show up in August to before they leave for Christmas break and then, you know, being able to bring them back, you know, after Christmas break um, in a good place where they can get on the field and compete right away. Um, so, so really everything that we do from a pitching side is not possible without the work of, you know, you know, Coach McKibben, but also our, you know, our trainers um, and really all the support staff because it takes everybody, you know, and that's probably the main piece that I would say, um, you know, that I learned from P3 is like, it's not just what you do you know, throwing the baseball, it's, you know, how you take care of your body, what you're doing in the weight room, you know, sleep, nutrition, all of it, you know, because everything matters, you know, like there's no detail that's too small um, that can be overlooked when it terms to, or, or when it comes to winning games. Yeah. So kind of same question for you again, coach Seb, what, 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 what making that transition from Arkansas to Charlotte, what, what, when you got here and kind of got, you know, your feet on the ground and kind of made some assessments, like what's, What's the thing you said, okay, here's what 
we, we need to add this to the mix. We need to bring, you know, here, here's what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, it's, it's all about scoring runs. You know, that's, that's kind of the job. We, we need to find a way to score runs with the personnel that we have. Um, and so looking initially at the roster coming to Charlotte, you know, it looked like we had a lot of guys coming back that had some power. Um, and it looked like we had a lot of guys that could find a way to put the bat on the ball. So the emphasis this year was really developing zone awareness, finding guys, finding ways that they can lay off pitches, eliminate parts of the zone. Um, so we utilize a bunch of resources for that, and that's kind of the theme of practice throughout the fall into the winter and into the preseason was letting guys understand where their zone's at, where they make bet better decisions at, where they probably shouldn't swing the bat, and helping them develop their approach that way in order to maximize when they do swing the bat. Um, and on top of that note, just kind of developing the relationship with the players. You know, there's a lot of good hitters that are returning um, from last year's team and kind of building that relationship with them and helping them in their personal career in a collective unit. You know, I'll say, and this is this is already a theme that we've noticed this season, just the 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 plate awareness and the plate discipline is is phenomenal with this lineup. We got as you said, we got a lot of guys that can really swing it, but I mean we're drawing we're drawing walks at a, a an amazing rate. Um, I mean, I think David's own base percentage is somewhere hovering around 600 right now. And uh, as as our friend and uh, friend in, in Canada put it, the pitchers are respecting David. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah they respecting, right? Which yeah. would we say that was around here? Skier. Skier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In in, oh. in in Canada they call it respect, and down here in the South we just say they're skier. The play awareness is good because when when. Our guys take a pitch and the umpire calls it a strike. We know when we're yelling at the umpire that we're right because our guys have such great player awareness, right? Well, I'm actually – I have – I don't know who I'm going to use it with, but it might be Nate. I don't know. I, I, it's, I'm going to use this with somebody, but I'm going to let an umpire know at some point that I know that wasn't a strike because if it was, he'd swung. <laughs> I'm just – you know. I think that's actually borrowed from. I think that's part of a Tony Gwynn story, but I'm going to adapt it here. It's like there's no way he feels a strike. He just swung at it. No. Anyway, all right. Well, let's. Well, before I, we've had people ask us about this, and 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 this is right up your alley. So, some of the guys in the on deck circle this year are are warming up or or, or getting loose with uh, something that looks like a lot like a golf club. So is that. Is is that in, this, this is in your wheelhouse? Is that something? Is, is that something you found, or where where did that? What's the the origin of that particular piece of equipment? The origin of the philosophy comes from kind of the overload underload principle, um, which you know you overload kind of a, a bat to create a little bit more force. You underload a bat to kind of create more speed. Um, and so over over the course of the few years, kind of some things that I've found is um, putting something lighter in a bat guy's hand on deck actually creates higher bat speed in a short term, in a short window. So kind of the the incentive of swinging a lighter bat on deck actually speeds up your bat speed in about a five to eight minute window, which usually that's when the at bat comes in. Um, so we've been, you know, training it since since day one, since we've got here about swinging under load bats kind of before the point of competition. And, you know, the, the, the golf club, it is a golf club, it is actually a golf training device, um, super speed golf club. If you guys want to send another one, we'd appreciate it. I'm trying to plug you guys up right now. Um, great company. Um, you know, we've, Dave's taken to it, Cam Fisher and some of our other guys have taken to swing that on deck to, to kind of get their body loose and feel them moving fast before they um, step in the box. So the the data and this this is what all this stuff this, this we could go on for hours talking about the, the just the technology angle of it but the data actually says five to eight minutes 
is 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 the window of effectiveness for that that method. When when we were in the specific study um, at the University of Arkansas, it was the next two rounds, and the two rounds usually take about seven minutes to to accomplish. It was a group of four guys. We circled them in and out. Um, over the course of you know a five pitch round like a normal BP round and it was about a seven minute window that we could keep the bat speed above the threshold, um, and so that's that's kind of the idea behind it. And I know there's more studies out there that that I haven't got into that supports that as well. But that was an individual study that we have that or that I've had done that shows that swinging swinging something lighter before you go to go to bat is actually a better idea than the traditional you throwing know donut. throwing the donut swinging the heavy club um, swinging the heavy club around so. So would you do both? Would you do one or the other, or do both? Or yeah, so I, th- I think at, at, when you're on deck, mm-hmm. not not in training, but when you're on deck, would you go to both, or is it just kind of a feel? For- I, I think it's a feel, and I think it's a personal preference. You know, we still have guys that swing heavier bats, and you know that's something that you know I'm not going to take away from them. That's probably something they've done their whole whole career and they're comfortable with. But um, you know, definitely something to get them moving fast before the point of competition is something that I would you know I recommend, and, and I like our guys to do. I like all hitters to do. And and on the pitching front, uh, something we we've kind of noticed differently is is working with uh, working with the pilot balls in between the inning with the with the pitcher, kind of keeping keeping that arm limber. Um, mm-hmm. I mean that's um, that that's a more recent development as far as training techniques for a pitcher, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about growing up. You know, you, the pitcher just goes in the in the in the uh, dugout and puts the jacket in one. You know, the, puts his arm in one sleeve of the jacket or whatever. And, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, well, especially, I mean, you know, keeping the arm loose, keeping the body going is a main priority, um, especially early in the year as we're still, you know, increasing our workloads. I mean, you know, starting pitchers are, you know, starting from you know, week one to 80 pitches, like to 90 to 100, you know, you know plus beyond that. Um, so, so really taking care of our arms throughout the course of the year is a main priority. Um, I mean, the plyo balls are a great tool for that. Um, you know, they help to, you know, one, just you know, be sure that we're still going through the full range of motions. I mean, especially because, you know, like if you put up a long inning, right, and, you know, the pitcher's sitting in the dugout for, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes, um, you know, it's easy to kind of cool down, like stop sweating. So, you know, it's important for our pitchers to, you know, keep the arm moving, keep the blood flow going, helps them go through, um, you know, full range of motion at the shoulder and just keep everything intact. Um, you know, we've actually seen that start to expand out to our catchers. We've seen some of our you know position players doing that as well. So, um, you know, it's good for those guys just to keep moving around, um, you know, keeping, you know, especially with the plyo balls. I mean, typically they're more overload plyos. So, you know, they aren't getting the actual, you know, complete stress of a baseball um, just because the arm's not moving as fast as it would, you know, compared to a five ounce ball. But, um, you know, it's a great tool just to keep the arm loose and, and you know, prepare the shoulder for activity. Um, you know, because especially between innings, you get a couple, you know, like if you're a pitcher coming out for your second inning, you get five pitches. Um, you know, if you're an outfielder or position player or catcher, right. I mean, you know, if somebody gets on, you're the catcher and, and like you haven't cut one loose and, you know, a couple innings, like, you know, it, you know, it's, it, it just, you know, decreases your odds. So just staying ready to get ready. Give you, I'm gonna give you guys a chance to talk about some of our guys so far this year. We're eight games in, um, Tell us what you've been impressed with so far on our pitching staff, Coach Mining. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's there's you know a ton of names to name. Uh, we've had some guys who have really started to show out and make a name for themselves, um, you know, and really started to do um, you know take the steps to take this staff to the next level. 
Um, you know, I think like the efforts by our starting pitchers has been phenomenal so far this year. Um, I mean, Spencer Geesting, uh, Cameron Hanson, Will Lancaster. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, those guys are putting together quality starts, you know, day in and day out, week in and week out. Um, you know, and being very efficient attacking the strike zone. I mean, that's been a big focus for us, um, you know, from day one in the fall um, and then carrying the, you know, that over into the preseason. So, like, so those guys have been doing a great job of, you know, filling out or filling up the strike zone and, um, you know, just really, you know, forcing contact because we have a really good defense. You know, Coach Witter talks about it all the time, right? We're a program that, you know, prides ourselves in pitching and defense. So, you know, for those guys to go out there and do their job day in and day out, um, you know, it's been phenomenal and, you know, like to work quick innings, keep the defense, you know, from being on the field too long. So, you know, making use of our defense is a big priority. Um, I mean, man, Colby Bruce, um, has, has been absolutely awesome for us. I mean, I, I know that all of Niner Nation's just pumped to see him back in, you know, yeah. you know, definitely back in the uniform and, and, and showing what he's capable of. So, yeah, I mean, Colby Bruce has been, you know, like a big piece of our bullpen, um, Man, really pumped to see what Tony Rossi and Michaelson have been doing. Um, you know, especially coming out of the bullpen, those guys have been electric. Um, you know, as uh, you know, fans who've been in the stadium know, like like those guys get you know pretty hyped up between innings. Um, you know, there's a ton of energy on the pitching staff. Um, you know, I'm definitely gonna leave some guys out. Um, Tony bounces into the game, doesn't he? He's got a lot of energy. He, he comes yeah. out of the, when that when that gate swings open. He's like, he, he, yeah, it's, it's like a ball of energy comes bouncing out. And, He's he's fired up, man. <laughs> yeah, he's he 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 gets after it, and uh, um, he he competes as hard as anyone competes as hard as anyone does. Um, I mean, Colin Kramer. Uh, I mean, Kramer's been fantastic. Had a great outing last night. Um, you know, just keeping guys off balance. I mean, you know, Colin Kramer's an awesome story. I, I got to work with Kramer uh, back at P three actually when he was still at Nyack, like before he committed to Charlotte. Um, so it was awesome, you know, just to see his development from, you know, a, a junior college pitcher in Iowa, um, you know, seeing him come in and work his tail off at P3 uh, for a whole summer, you know, go out in the fall at NIAC and, and, and really compete and show well. And then um, you get an opportunity to come here and play at Charlotte. So, I mean, it was really cool to see him, um, you know, just you know, like from where he started and then just to see his development. Uh, I mean, same thing with Michael O, too. Michael O has been great coming out of the bullpen for us. Um, I mean, you know, he's, he's you know, a seasoned veteran, a seasoned veteran, and he's a, another really cool story, too. I mean, Coach Woodard had recruited him at UNC, um, didn't get the chance to coach him at UNC. Um, I had crossed paths with Mike O. I think that was the summer of 2009, or no, summer of 2018, um, when he was still at NIAC before he went to UNC. Um, you know, had the opportunity to train him in our P3 summer program there um, and form a relationship with him. And then, you know, got to see him when we went up to Chapel Hill last spring. And then, um, you know, it was a really cool, you know, full circle moment for him to get back on staff and be able to coach him on the field. So, um, yeah, Michael Lowe has been awesome. Uh, picked him a big save on Saturday. Yeah, big yeah. time save on Saturday. Uh, made two, yeah, made two appearances that day. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's a great point just for our, our pitching staff as a whole. I mean, these guys are tough. They're a tough, relentless group. Um, I mean, there's not a single one of them like that like that doesn't want the ball on any given day. Um, you know, and they all have each other's backs. They all have each other's backs and are you know pumped for each other's success. So, 
man, it's just such a fun group to be around every day. I mean, those guys teach me something new every day, and um, man, it's a pleasure. Like like this group special. Well, uh, it's cool that his Michael's dad was here as well, and and he was was uh, he was fun. To, he was almost as fun to watch as, as Michael uh, pitching in in the stands. He was he was a bundle of nerves. It's, it, it's always you know. I always feel uh, it, it's interesting when we when Kevin and I were talking about this the other day when when we started this years ago. Uh, I kind of used to think about what it would be like to be one of those guys out there on the field, but now all these years later, I now identify more with the parents. <laughs> I start thinking about you know how would I feel if if I if if I was the father of one of these uh, because let's face it at this point my daughter is closer to their age than than, I, than way closer to their age than I am to theirs. So you know your perspective just changes. Um, so you want, let's let's flip that around. Uh, take Kevin's question there, um, Phil, and, and apply it to the apply it to the hitters. Um, you got to think about it while while Austin had to answer. So it's we need to switch that around next time. And let <laughs> let him go first. Yeah, yeah. No, collectively, you know, it's been really cool to see. Like you guys have mentioned, and hopefully, you know, you got. I know you guys have, and some of the fans have observed. You know, the plate discipline has been really on point this year so far. Um, and over the past few games, you know, seeing it ebb and flow with the circumstances of the game and circumstances of the matchups and different teams that we're facing, we're adjusting as we should. Um, so that's been really fun to watch top to bottom. And, you know, you, you got to give credit to, to, you know, some guys like J.D. Swartz and Huck Walton stepping in over the past few games with, with some things that we've been dealing with injury-wise mm-hmm. and step up and be ready to go. You know, I think that's a testament to the depth that we have. We've got a lot of guys. We have 17 hitters that are ready to go at any moment. You know, they're working every single day. I remember J.D. Swartz and Huck working opening weekend. You know, they didn't get in there down there in Tampa, and they were ready to go come come back to Charlotte. And, you know, it's it's a testament to our offense of everybody's working hard. They're working on the right things, and they're they're ready for the opportunity. And that's kind of the, you know, the mentality that we've had since day one. We're, we're a fearless bunch that's, that's going to work and work on the right things, and that's been my impression so far of our guys. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to know that that's going to pay off down the line, especially getting when some of those young guys get their number called so early like that. Um, I mean, Spencer was talking here earlier last year. He wasn't really thinking like, you know, day one he was going in after Bryce, but he got his number called, and he's like, okay, let's go. And, you know, um, like guys like Huck and J.D. and, and um, you know, I, I think um, – well, I think Grandy's gotten an at batter too, Tyndall as well. But but you know when those when when guys go down, it's next man up, and you got to be ready. And you know the the experiences that, uh, that that you know primarily Huck and JD are getting here on the front end are going to pay off down the line. Um, and I mean, Huck's Huck's been effective behind the plate, host some runners, host a couple runners last night. Uh, JD got his first uh, well, he got his first hit this week and his first home run. Um, you know, first homer on I guess Gardner Webb on on Tuesday night. So, I mean, that's experience. You can't you know you can't place too high value on that. Right. You had to do it so close to home with Charlotte kid, both Charlotte kids, really. Two Charlotte kids at that. Yep. Yeah. How cool is that? I mean, last night not only were JD's parents sitting in the stand, but there was his high school coach sitting sitting right there with him. So that's you know, and there's a value on that. It's really cool. Right. You want to jump ahead to. Yeah, let's let's talk about let let's go. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about last week a little bit, and then we're gonna we we promise, folks, we're gonna get the, we're gonna get you a scouting report here on the Western Illinois Leathernecks. I'm gonna slow that down, make sure I said that the Western Illinois Leathernecks. I don't know how they. I didn't look into this. I don't know how they got to be the Leathernecks, but that's pretty cool sounding. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm for that. I think that sounds awesome. So let's take a look back here at, at the week, um, the, the week that was, so to speak. Um, home series last weekend against West Virginia. Big time, big time program, big time opponent. First of all, before we even go any further, we need to talk about the crowds, <laughs> the, the particularly the students, student section all weekend. Started great on Friday, continued on through the weekend. Students have been this has been rocking so far this year. I think we, we need them to keep that up. Right. They, they started in football, and they showed up for football, and they showed up for basketball. And now they're bringing that to the Hayes, and it's, it's incredible to see. And um, they're bringing a lot of noise, and they're definitely getting in some people's heads over there, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because when, when people, you know, I, I don't know why people don't understand this, or, or they do and they don't care, but the worst thing you can do to, to a heckler is let them know you're listening. You know, when, when they're doing the left-right on the way back to the dugout, you know, and you stutter-step them, all you're doing is saying, hey, I'm listening. I mean, it's like oh, you're just, you just ordered more. <laughs> you just ordered more of the same. You just sent out for it, and they're certainly going to deliver it. But, that I mean, it's been – you're right, Kevin. And I think it looks like uh, – we need to track this down, but it looks like maybe there there's there's really a, a handful of guys or, or guys and girls that are kind of leading that leading that charge, and maybe there's even a Twitter account or two that's, that's out there that that's kind of yeah. organizing some of this stuff. And what whoever you are, you're awesome. Keep doing it. Yeah. So we definitely need to hook up with those folks. And- we'll, we'll eventually, yes, we will eventually have to figure out who they are. Um, and, uh, and, hey, I bet they like tailgate, which, you know, would, would only help things. So West Virginia comes in here, tough opening night game. Tough overnight game. Winnable game. Just breaks don't go our way. That's baseball. Saturday ends up being a doubleheader. And that was that's a, that's always a long day for everybody. Uh, 18 innings of baseball. The game one just really does not go our way at all. But the guys bounce back in game three and come back and uh, and, and just grind it out. That's all I can say. It was just gritty and just just ground out a W in in game three. And really, when you look back on it from from both your perspectives, I mean, I want to hear hear what you had to say. But I mean, that's you know, one break here or there, and that's you know, that's a winnable series. I mean, it's it's, it's it, one run, two one run games. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, that's that kind of like the young guys having to step up and step in and play, you know, early. These types of, you know, Tampa was was a regional environment. Last weekend at the Hayes felt like a regional environment too. I mean, it's just as far as the, the level of intensity and what, you know, the 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 stakes that everybody was playing with. So, um, you know, from both your perspectives, just kind of reflect a little bit on on WVU weekend. Yeah, you know, what West Virginia was a really good team. They came in here and you know they were able to run, they were able to pitch, they were play defense, and they were able to hit. They were kind of a complete team. Um, you know, it's a testament to the players and coaching staff that they had. And, you know, like you kind of said, it felt kind of like a coin flip all weekend long. You know, it was two evenly matched teams and a break here and a break there. It could have gone either way. You know, they were able to get us on Friday night, and you know, it's a hard it's hard to win a Division One college baseball game, and it's hard to win two in one day. Um, you know, things didn't go away game one, but we fought like heck game two, and we were able to mm-hmm. find a way to get it done. You know, our bullpen came in and closed it out with Michael O pitching twice in a day. And, you know, Coach Miney mentioned it earlier. It was just it was really fun to watch the toughness of our pitch staff come in and get it done in game two. And, you know, we saw a lot of things that are, that are good and saw a lot of things that we're going to build on moving forward. And so that was that was a great weekend for us. Um, you know, a lot of lessons learned on Friday and Saturday of, of that series. 
they're definitely going to win a lot of games, West Virginia. I mean, they're just they're scrappy. They put a lot of pressure on you, the, the speed. And I did. I kept thinking, uh, you know, just as, as the games progressed, I kept thinking, um, you know, oh, well, okay, that was a good arm, but do they have another one? And then they did. And, uh, man, they, they're, they're closer. And he was uh, the guy they brought in. He was he was pumping some heat. So yeah, mm -hmm. you you know tip of the cap, right? Um, but you know we 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 touched on Michael O. And we saw Michael in the parking lot after the game. He had the lineup card in tow, so that was cool. He had, yeah, that was that, a cool moment. That, that that was his trophy. It. Yeah, he sure did. Um, but you know, you know, uh, Coach Monty, from a from a pitching perspective, what. What were your reflections on on last weekend? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Coach. Yeah, I mean, Coach said it well. I mean, you know, Coach Macy's bunts over there at West Virginia. I mean, they're a very, you know, talented team, and um, you know, a team that you know is going to do some pretty cool things this year. Um, you know, and they were, you know, definitely a good, a good, you know, test for us out of the gate here at home. And um, you know, like Coach said, I mean, there's a lot of lessons learned this past weekend. Um, you know, one of those lessons learned being, and you know, we talked about it with our pitching staff and. Well, really, the whole you know team after the series just you know reflecting and 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 learning on the weekend is um, really what it takes to um, you know like being a team unit in terms of you know controlling the running game, um, you know being a team unit on defense, um, you know because they're a team. I mean, you know it's it's a uh, it's not as common anymore like to see you know like more of the small ball you know especially in college baseball um, you know but you know they were a team that knew who they were. They were mm -hmm. a team that, you know, executed their game plan at the plate extremely well. Um, you know, and there was definitely some good takeaways, you know, for us, the pitching staff to learn. I mean, that was a, you know, a a group all weekend long was, you know, very tough to strike out. I mean, that was a group all weekend long that put a lot of pressure on pitchers to, you know, not only get ahead in counts, but, you know, like to finish with their best stuff. Um, you know, so they were a group that, you know, was very scrappy with two strikes. So, I mean, it was good for us to get that test. Um, you know, here at home because, you know, you know, good college baseball teams, like they put the ball in play, they put a lot of pressure on the defense, um, you know, and they make you beat them in more than one way. Um, you know, so I thought West Virginia did a, a very good job of, you know, exposing mm -hmm. some things, you know, for us that we can continue to work on, um, you know, as well as some other ways to just, you know, control our tempo. Um, you know, we talk a lot about on the mound, right? Like we want to have a slow heartbeat, um, you know, and there was definitely times, you know, throughout the whole West Virginia series that, you know, I mean, you know, hopefully the people in the stands could feel it too, but there was a lot of big moments in those games, yeah. you know, like a lot of moments that, you know, could turn one way or the other, just like you guys were saying. So, you know, it's good for us to be exposed to that early and, you know, for us to like to learn from those opportunities on the mound, you know, cause at the end of the day, it's, you know, you know, it's man versus man, you know, like a guy with a ball and a guy with a bat, you know, and, you know, like if you can have, you know, calm, you know, controlled aggression um, and put that in the right places, um, you know, then we're going to have a lot of success. So we talked a lot about just, you know, slowing the game down, you know, controlling the heartbeat, um, you know, so that way we can just continue to have a lot of focus and poise on the mound. That's what we're going to focus on now. That That's going to be what we focus on in the stands, Kevin, slow heartbeat. Because <laughs> – because I, I definitely, from time to time, get, uh, yeah, I'm out of whack. I need I need a mound visit or something. Somebody <laughs> needs to, we'll, we'll be accountability partners. Okay, we can do that. Okay, we can do that. I don't know how much I want to help you with that. Well, when I start when I start yelling at, at, you know, if I'm yelling at an umpire or something like that, you, you probably need to come get me. But uh, 
we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so good week. I mean, you know, it was a good weekend here, opening weekend here at the Hayes. Um, could have gone, could have gone either way. Didn't go our way. That's baseball. All right, you go away and you work on it. I uh, didn't have much time. Didn't have much downtime there. You did have Sunday since we had a doubleheader and the weather was so bad on Sunday. But you had your Monday off day and then Tuesday you're right back here at the Hayes. Um, for uh, for Gardner Webb, um, scrappy team, um, but still you could see you could see our, our guys starting to build some confidence, uh, particularly at the plate, starting starting to get some guys going. Um, we got uh, really the big one. The, the first thing that comes to my mind is is we got we, we started to see Butch get going. Um, you know, Butch has been working working through uh, working through things, start the season, and um, in that Gardner Webb game on Tuesday night, we we saw I think four home runs. In, in that game, I believe, uh, two by Dave, uh, one by JD, and one by by Butch. But that that ball, Butch hit. That was he oh, just stand and watch. Yes, that that was that was violent. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a violent swing. Um, but yeah, there's other guys here through really throughout the. Through, yeah, you get the boxing gloves. Did you know we asked also? You talked about the the, the boxing gloves, but um, who actually? Who actually got the boxing gloves? Where, where did they where did they come from? I'm not entirely too sure. I just know that Austin Knight showed up one day with some golden boxing with some gloves. Golden boxing gloves. He, he was very proud to show me, and you know, I just kind of smiled and said, <laughs> "That's on you guys. That, that's y'all's thing." So that's that was kind of cool to see him uh, him bring those out, and it's kind of cool to see those guys. You know, obviously, it's really fun to see them all excited after hit, but they get really excited after home runs, and you know, it's cool to see. Yeah, that was that. Yeah. And one of the, if I if I if I read uh, if I read his lips correctly when when Dave hit that that opposite field home run his second one, pretty sure when he got back to home plate he said I missed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, looking at the trajectory of the ball, what it did, okay, he did, but still, can you can you imagine miss, missing <laughs> missing a ball and and it being a homer? Yeah, he muscled that one out opposite field. That was. We had a great view down left field line. It was amazing to see that one. That was uh, just power. Now, his first home run. Uh, our, our, did you know we had a research department here? Yeah, we have a. Re- I, we don't have the budget for a research department. We have a research department. Um, I, I have it on good authority that, that that is the first home run Dave has ever hit off the batter's eye here. He's hit tons of home runs. They're always to one side of the other, typically the power alleys. But that was the first ball he had bounced okay. off the. Off the batter's eye. Look, I didn't come up with that. We it's the research department. Okay. So, you know, it is what it is. But you know, it, these these weekday games. We're going to talk about the last night here at the Hayes with with Purdue in a second. But I mean, these weekday games are, are kind of sometimes can get lost in the mix. People kind of get focused on the weekends. But I mean, a lot of times that's really where your season. It, 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 those are important. Um, as far as that, that handful of wins at the end of the season that you need to get whatever seed or whatever positioning you're trying to get, the weekdays are are very important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Gardner Webb on the pitching side, um, can't talk about Gardner Webb without talking about Matt Brooks. He, yeah, had a great. I mean, like uh, somebody else said, vintage Matt Brooks. I think it was you, Nick, and whoever had, said it, it was right. It was vintage I Matt mean, Brooks. He had up with six innings, six innings. Um, Three hits, um, racked up no the runs. K's, racked up the K's. Uh, man, I told you guys that I was going to forget someone and leave someone out. Yeah, and that was Matt Brooks. We were saving uh, it for this. We, we, yeah, got, yeah. we got you. Yeah, absolutely. You guys got me. Team uh, effort. But, man, like Matt Brooks, like, 
I mean, heck of a job there on Tuesday night. Um, you know, yeah, like you guys talked about, like those midweek games, like they're tough, like they're battles. Um, you know, they're games where it's a short turnaround from the weekend and, you know, there's not going to be as much, you know, say pomp and circumstance, you know, during the midweek games. Sometimes they get lost in some of the attention. But, yeah, I mean, they're great opportunities to win. They're great opportunities to learn. Um, you know, and they're great opportunities to tune up for the weekend. Um, and, man, it, it was just, you know, Great to see Matt Brooks get going out there on the mound, you know, Tuesday night against Gardner Webb. I mean, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, just like talk about putting guys in a hole right out of the gate. I mean, filling it up with strike one, strike two, strike three. Like it was um, really good to see him get going. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, that's the Matt Brooks that we all know and love. Um, so was was great to get him going. Um, you know, and I think the guys feel that too. You know, like the guys feel that. I mean, you know, he's he, he's a leader of this program. He's a leader of this staff. Um, you know, so it was awesome to see him get back to doing his thing. Yeah, definitely. You know what that was is is, and I'm not, I'm not going to have my years right, but you know, he battled through the injury, and he's he's had several different things go on. He's had to come back, you know, a couple different times from things, but that was turned back the clock. It was turned back the clock night at the Hayes on that Brooks <laughs> because that was like what would that have been like 2018. That been 2018, Matt Brooks. 2019, that was 2019. 2019. I mean, it was 2021, Matt Brooks. I mean, I mean, yeah. shoved shoved against Old Dominion. Yeah. Yes, sir. Shoved against Maryland. Maryland. Um, yeah. yeah. That it was. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. It was it was so great just to watch because you could see. I mean, he was just, and you talk about you know talking about low heart rate. I mean, he was just doing that stuff to people and just walking off the mound like you know. <laughs> Hey, that's what I do. I'm Matt Brooks. <laughs> I mean, that was awesome. So yeah, we we aren't gonna we're not gonna leave Matt out. He's uh, we we always make sure and and uh, give him a shout out with that. Now, last night Purdue. Okay, so they come in, they're undefeated, and you know everybody knows they're still undefeated, nine and zero. Didn't really know what we as far as us. I know you guys are doing you know advanced scouting. You're way deeper on this than we are, but we're kind of talking like, hey, we don't know what we have because you're looking at their their opponents and you're like well you know what what do we you know how tough these guys going to be um they were good that's a good ball club um they kept i mean you talk, talk about from a pitching standpoint i mean um i don't do you remember how many arms they used i i don't you may not either but I, I, yeah i, I must it, have lost track yeah it, it well it was a lot but they kept they kept coming they kept coming um, kept our, you know, did a good job keeping our guys off balance. Um, but uh, yeah, th- that was another game, and I know this, the, the, it says six two, right? But um, I mean, that was another. That was really a two run game. Uh, really, most of the night was it was a one. It was a one run game most of the night, and and you know a break here or there. Um, so what, you know, what did you guys see out of last night? As far as I mean, that's a, that's game five. You're really deep at that point, and guys are probably starting to get a little tired and, and whatever. But um, you know, just reflect on last night a little bit. Yeah, Purdue's a good club. You know, we know that we knew coming into it that they recruit at a high level, and they're going to have a lot of good players in there. Um, they had a lot of good transfer pieces come in this summer, and a lot of junior junior college guys come in. Um, so we knew kind of what to expect from a talent standpoint, and then they came out and played their style of baseball too. You know, it's you always 
you always kind of question yourself, what time are you going to catch a team during the year? And we kind of caught them at a hot time. They're eight, they were 8-0 coming in the game, and, uh, you know, we're catching our footing. And, you know, from an offensive standpoint, it just felt like we couldn't, you know, we couldn't get the big hit, right? You know, I think we had 11 hits, five walks, um, a lot of base runners left on base last night. And with them changing their guys, getting, you know, some midweek work in, we just couldn't get that big hit going. Um, so, you know, it's – happens in baseball um you know and there's things to work on from a situational standpoint to to move forward to the weekend but um yeah you know we'll, we'll uh we'll learn from that and on, on the pitching front i mean you you mentioned it before but we'll, we'll quickly go over it again i mean uh we had a couple guys come out of the pen and and, and really do uh, do some extended relief there um and give you uh um really a pair of nice three inning performances yeah yeah i mean i thought those guys were you know, did a great job. I mean, you know, Colin Kramer, Tony Rossi. Um, mm -hmm. I'm good for those guys to get back out. I think, you know, I think Quentin Martinez looked really good at the back end of the mm -hmm. game, and mm -hmm. um, you know, Colby Bruce, couple tough breaks. I mean, that happens. He's going to bounce back. Um, you know, without a doubt. I mean, you know, Paxton Thompson too. I mean, you know, he's 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 getting his feet wet, and he's going to be mm -hmm. just fine. Um, and we have a lot of confidence in Paxton Thompson. Um, you know, he's an outstanding kid. He's got great stuff. Um, yeah, so he's going to get rolling here soon. Um, I mean, I think that's a you know, like a recurring theme, right? Like we're, um, you know, each guy's going to have opportunities to keep getting after it. Um, you know, we've had some ups and downs, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like I mean, these guys work hard. They compete. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, they compete their tails off. Um, you know, and sometimes that's baseball. You get some tough breaks. So, um, yeah, I mean, these guys are going to be back after it in no time. Uh, but yeah, you know, like Coach said, some good opportunities to learn from last night's game. Um, yeah, I mean, we knew that they were going to be competitive and, you know, a hard-nosed bunch. Um, so, yeah, we'll get yeah we'll get back on track. Now, speaking of tough breaks, so Kevin, are you gonna you you gonna you gonna tee this one up, or you you want me to take the fall for this? Go ahead, and do it. Okay, okay. So we we know we're we're on the show. We 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 do shows with Woody, and we got we got coaches here. Coaches are never going to comment on on anything related to umpires, and we respect that. Although sometimes in the stands we comment on it. Actually, not sometimes, all the time. But as far as as far as this goes, we're not going to put anybody on the spot and ask for comments on umpires. But I mean, Woody got ejected last night. I mean, that's no secret. Everybody knows that. Certainly, everybody that was in the stadium knows that. Woody got ejected last night. Um, you know, without making comment on on the circumstances, we're just we are kind of curious here at, at Diamond Nine Report. We want to know if perhaps maybe Doc B got you guys some track man data on that hat throw from Woody because I mean he 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 took his cap off and I mean he it looked like you know the Woody of old you know back in Chapel Hill or something he was he was fully extended he threw that hat so um, any data on that? I mean the data says he went full send. Full full send on the hat throw. Uh, it was good. It was good. <laughs> I mean, it, it. I was figuring that. You know, I don't know if, if he got any spin rate data, but I was figuring it's probably at least seventy five miles an hour. I mean, for a hat, it's pretty good. Yeah, a lot of a lot of air friction in that hat. <laughs> I felt bad for the hat. <laughs> so, all right, there you go. <laughs> Maybe you know what we'll, we'll you know we will have Doc B look into that. We'll we'll effort that and see what he can get. On, on that. We'll get but some more extensive data for you next time. Around. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll dig in and see what Trackman had to say about the hat throw, but I thought it was awesome. Hat path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, you know, when we get him, we cannot forget that, Kevin. We, we get him back in here. We've got to we got to put him on the spot and ask him how he felt about it. I don't. I don't think he felt great about it. Well, I know he was. I know he's mad at the time, but I mean, now that he's had some time to reflect, he might feel a little better. You know about about the toss. That's all I'm saying. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about umpires. We lo- we love umpires. For any of you that are listening, we love each and every one of you most of the time. All right, so let's let's look ahead. You guys have, have been doing your scouting work, um, Western Illinois. I don't. They were still on the road as a little bit ago, trying to get here, uh, trying to get to Charlotte for a weekend series. They're out of the Summit League. They're one and six. Uh, what you'll want to know about the one, folks, is that one uh, was from a weekend series with uh, Conference USA's Western Kentucky. Uh, they took the Saturday game in the middle from WKU. Um, so they're the Western Illinois Leathernecks from the Summit League. What what do we need to know about them, guys? What's what's the story on the Leathernecks? Yeah, they're going to be an older bunch. You know, they have a bunch of older guys on the mound, guys with a lot of college experience. You know, I think there's there, there's a ton of college innings that, that's going to be in that staff that's going to roll out here. So they're they've been battle tested. They've you know a lot of fourth and fifth year guys with with the COVID years. Um, so they're they're not going to be scared. They're going to come in here. They're going to try to pitch their game and they're going to play their style of baseball. Uh, that's for sure. Okay what what do we what do we what do we need to expect uh, from your perspective? Yeah, Coach I mean, definitely, Manning. you know, like Coach said, they got some returning pieces on the mound. They got some good returning pieces in the lineup as well. Um, I mean, they're going to be a gritty bunch that, you know, is going to make you earn everything you have, um, you know. So, you know, can expect a lot of, you know, competitive at-bats, um, you know, that, yeah, I mean, for sure. So, you know, be a good club, um, you know. I mean, it's early in the year for everybody. So, you know, like records don't tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's early in the year for everybody. There's some, you know, certainly some great teams in college baseball that aren't off to, you know, like the start you know, that, that they all hoped for. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, it'd be a good, be a good series this weekend. With great yeah, weather too. Great weather. going to be great. So, I, I was so, going to say, Kevin, you, you, we, you, we've yeah. got the same thing up on our phones. We got some. Bra- <laughs> we, we I, some I guess it's not breaking. a secret now because it's it's on it's on the internet. So, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and, yeah, and break have, break the breaking news? The, the start weekend starters have been announced. Um, Spencer Spencer Geesting, Cam Hansen on Saturday, and great to see Will Lancaster scheduled to start on on Sunday. Um, that's the news right yeah, there. Is is Will on Sunday? Took a fall on, on on Saturday in the second game, and uh, he was pitching a great game. Made a great play on the play, got injured, and mm-hmm. um, so happy to see that he's back in the, in the rotation. Um, not going to miss any time. It doesn't look like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Will's yeah, Will's a battle. You know, I mean, he'll battle for you. Um, you know, he uh, yeah twisted his ankle on a you know bunt play. You know, there I think in the fourth inning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, game, game number three, but. Uh, man, we're glad to have him back. Uh, I mean, our our support staff. Shout out to Donna. Uh, you know, it's Athletic Trainer Month. You know, right. so you know, shout out to her. She does a fantastic job with our guys. Um, you know, and and you know, all of them are in great hands. So he 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 made a quick recovery and back at it on Sunday. Definitely happy to see. Happy to see that as good news. Yeah, and, and, and in general, I'll just say this on the more on the the. Uh, position player front um you know we don't we don't go into to to all the the necessarily the injury report but i will say that uh looks like we're starting to get a little little healthier than we have been um we we saw a pinch hit last night from josh madole um austin knight pinch hit last night as well so those are a couple big pieces you know josh really hasn't i mean as far as being a starter hasn't made his niner debut yet um so he's he's been out since the beginning of the season so looks like um 
looks like old Niner baseball might be starting to get a little healthier uh, than, we, than we started the season, which is going to be bad news for some folks. I mean, don't you think? I think so. I think so. <laughs> when we get everybody back and healthy, you know, I, I know we'll, uh, we'll be able to play our style of baseball um, at a little bit more uh, 100% capacity. And so that's, that's going to be fun for, fun for us. And, you know, you, you saw it last night in the dugout when, when Josh and Austin both got those at-bats, it, it, it lit a fire in the dugout. They were really excited to see their teammate back out there, coming off the uh, the injury list, getting ready to compete again. So it'll be uh, it'll be good when we get those guys back, hundred percent. Couldn't be a better time either because we've got we've got this weekend and then next weekend at home uh, versus App, and then after that it's conference play. I, I believe we got Western Kentucky coming in here, so that could not be happening at a better time. Starting to to get some guys back and and get. I mean, I, we were talking to some folks uh, earlier today, and I said, hey, look, I mean, we haven't had our starting lineup on the field yet. I mean, that's that's still something we're working on. So it's good to see that coming around. That's, that's the, the weather's warming up. Guys are getting healthy. I mean, that's that's spring baseball, man. We got a tailgate schedule. We got a tailgate schedule? This is – Oh, yeah. We're Man, we're living the life here. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start wrapping this up. Put this out here. You might you might feel a little on the spot, but you're going to be fine. We always give Coach Woody the last word, his chance to say anything he wants to say. Guys, what do you got? Your last you get the last words here before we close this out. And I mean, heck, if you want to tell if you want to tell a Toby Bicknell joke, you can do that. I mean, whatever, it's up to you. You say whatever you want. <laughs> Toby's probably listening, so I won't throw him under the bus. But no, the, the, the word I got. I mean, the student section has been phenomenal. I mean, it's been great to see those guys out here. You know, I got to go to quite a few football games and been to the basketball games this year. And like you tested to, like it's been awesome to see them to come out to baseball games and, and be right by our dugout. I mean, we feel it. We feel it from inning one to the, the bottom of the ninth, and um, just just happy those guys are coming out and, and we're gonna have great weather this weekend um and so looking forward to seeing you guys back out at the haze yep i second that as well um student section's been awesome players feed off of it i mean the atmosphere is electric uh, so just keep packing the haze keep packing the haze come out to the ballpark this weekend um you know don't forget that you know this weekend and the next weekend we got app friday night game at uptown like man let's go let's go it's gonna be a good one I love it. I'm getting fired up just listening to this. All right, folks, we're out of time for this week. Look for this podcast wherever you find your podcast. Make sure to subscribe in order to be notified of new content. You can also find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Still no TikTok. Still not going to be TikTok. Reach out anytime you'd like. We love hearing from you all. If you're old-fashioned like us, just say hello at the ballpark or even better, say hello at the tailgate. Come on out Saturday starting at 11. For Kevin, producer Brad, Coach... I've almost said Coach Woody because it's on my paper here. I got Coach Seb and Coach Money for these guys. This has been Nick, and we'll see you at the Hayes. Woody puts a Go Niners in right here. Go Niners. Go there Niners. you go. <laughs> <laughs>